0: Hey, Bible, y'all. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Bible, y'all podcast for Sunday, February 25th. Happy Let's All Eat Right Day, which celebrates Adele Davis, who was born on this date in 1904 and was a nutritionist who decried food additives and championed whole unprocessed foods unsuccessfully, apparently. Cause I don't know if y'all ever gone down the rabbit hole of all the horrifying chemicals they put in our food, but look it up, it'll blow your mind. Like how propylene glycol, also known as antifreeze, is used to thicken dairy products and salad dressing, or how they put butane in chicken nuggets so they'll taste better. In college, I was told three quarters of all antibiotics are used on cattle, which is one reason the stuff we treat with antibiotics is getting more resistant to antibiotics. Same professor also said the hormones they use to make cows produce more milk and grow freakishly jacked chickens is a big reason why kids, especially girls, go through puberty at younger and younger ages. And that's just creepy. Throw in high fructose corn syrup, the clot shot, and whatever poison that Ohio train fire is raining down on us, and we're all nothing but walking talking toxic waste dumps. It's like they trying to turn us all into comic book villains. I read an article one time about how out of the many thousands of UN cancer studies, you know how many things they found that do not cause cancer? Zero. Turns out, in massive doses, everything causes cancer. Like, I'm sure drinking 30 Pepsis a second for 75 years is going to have some negative effects. So take all that with a grain of salt. But still, I believe in the caveman diet. Meaning if a caveman would have eaten it, you can too. Which is basically meat and vegetables. That's not to say I won't suck down a couple bags of M&Ms every chance I get. I said I believe in the caveman diet. I didn't say I stuck to it. Our reading for today is Leviticus 16:29 through 18:30, Mark 7:24 through 8:10, Psalm 41:1 through 13, and Proverbs 10:15 and 16. So if y'all are ready, honestly, I can't even get out of Lowe's without a couple of king-size Reese's sticks and double Mountain Dews. But before we get to the reading, let's me and the squad do a review of yesterday's study. Okay, so yesterday, on the 24th, in the Old Testament, we read Leviticus 15.1-16.28. And this next chapter is gnarly, and honestly made me a little uncomfortable. And it's part of the reason that when I first signed up at Podbean, I clicked the box for explicit content. Because it's all about how when any man hath a running issue out of his flesh... Because of his issue, he is unclean. And in the Strongs, the phrase translated a running issue out of his flesh is a bodily discharge, specifically in the Hebrew, from the male organ of generation. So yeah, it's exactly what you think. And I'm trying really hard not to be inappropriate right now. And this disease is a sin issue because cause this is probably talking about the gangaria. And that don't happen unless you're looking for love in all the wrong places. So it's not surprising there'd be an involved sin offering for ritual cleansing. But first, Moses goes through all the practical steps for preventing the spread. Like, don't touch the dude's bedsheets or sit where he sat. And if you do, go wash up immediately. And verse 13 says, And when he that hath an issue is cleansed of his issue, then he shall number to himself seven days for his cleansing, and wash his clothes, and bathe his flesh in running water, and he shall be clean. And that doesn't mean he's cured. That just means he's not, let's say, actively discharging, because that can come and go. So if it stops, he waits a week and then makes his sin offering. And the next section talks about what to do if a woman has an issue. And the commentaries say this is talking about her normal period, but the word for discharge is Zaba and can mean venereal disease. But I think it only means that if you're talking about a man. And the rest of this chapter is written as if we're talking about the Red Menace, so we'll go with that. (laughs) And Aunt Flo is part of the original curse. (laughs) If it wasn't for the fall, it wouldn't be happening. So there's some ritual cleansing that goes along with it. Like, for example, she's unclean for seven days. And verse 24 is yet stranger still. It says, And if any man lie with her at all, and her flowers be upon him, and if you need that explained, email me, he shall be unclean seven days, and the bed whereon he lieth shall be unclean. And the thing is, this must be talking about if they do it accidentally. Because later on in Leviticus, fooling around during a Code Red is strictly prohibited and punishable by both of them being cut off from the people. And all the commentaries say that means they'll be executed. But we know from earlier, it doesn't always mean that. Sometimes it just means getting kicked out. Which it is here, I got no idea. But anyway, after she's done with her lady business, on the eighth day after being unclean for a week, she shall take unto her two turtles, meaning two turtle doves, not actual turtles, Good. or two young pigeons, and bring them unto the priest for a sin offering. And all that's really grody. But really what I think the big takeaway is, is that sexuality is important and not to be taken lightly and should be kept holy and set apart. That's why there's all the rules. I read somewhere that out of all the rules the Jews have, they have more about eating and sex than anything else because that's the two things we share with the animals. I don't know if that's legit, but it makes sense. And in my five minutes of research for this, I discovered that some British study found over 5,000 slang terms for the period in 10 languages, most of which are awesome and none of which I'm going to repeat. Thank you. And it occurs to me that the only thing I use this computer for is podcasting, banking, and ordering stuff off of Amazon. <laughs> but with all the oddball rabbit trails this podcast takes me down, If anybody ever looked at my browser history, they'd think I was insane. (laughs) Anyway, chapter 16. Now we're going to majorly switch gears and recount what the Lord told Moses after the death of Nadab and Abihu, the two sons of Aaron, when they offered strange fire before the Lord and died. And basically he's detailing the ritual sacrifice and ceremony Aaron has to do to make himself clean before he can come into the Holy of Holies and commune with the Lord when he's on the mercy seat which is where Nadab and Abihu messed up and got him killed. So Aaron's got to sacrifice a bullet for himself and then two kid goats for Israel and then bathe and put on the linen garments. But one of those goats gets set free. What happens is Aaron shall cast lots upon the two goats, one lot for the Lord and the other for the scapegoat. And the Lord's goat gets sacrificed. But the scapegoat gets set free in the wilderness, carrying all the sins of Israel on him, which is kind of what happened with Jesus. The innocent was sacrificed and the sinful was allowed to live. But the word translated scapegoat is Azazel, which means totally separate, basically. And Azazel is the pre-Mosaic name of an evil satanic personal being in opposition to Yahweh, like a demon or a fallen angel, maybe. And the idea is to put the sins on the goat and send him back to the author of sin. Send them back where they came from. But verse 28 is where we stopped reading.
1: So the woman does monthly sacrifices unless she's pregnant. And we see in Genesis 3.15, this is the complete Jewish Bible version. After Adam sinned, the Lord said to the serpent, I will put animosity between you and the woman and between your descendant and her descendant. He will bruise your head and you will bruise his heel. A very private matter is clearly public in a Jewish society with the blessing to be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it, and have dominion.
0: And then in the New Testament, we read Mark 7, 1-23. And when we left off, Jesus had calmed the wind, and then they sailed on into Genesaret. And while they were there, the Pharisees saw the disciples eating without washing their hands first and got super bent out of shape. And the disciples may have actually washed their hands, or maybe not, but what the Pharisees were talking about was a hand-washing ritual that had to be done a certain way, which they apparently did not do. And verse 3 says, For the Pharisees and all the Jews, except they wash their hands oft, eat not, holding the tradition of the elders. And the Greek word "pugme," translated oft, has been rendered various ways. Some say it means up to the wrist, unless they wash their hands up to the wrist. Others have said, up to the elbow. And Barnes says it means the fist. And the meaning here would be, unless they wash their hands, rubbing them together as a ball or fist, then they're sinning, I guess. Which is only a Jewish tradition and not anywhere in the Bible that I'm aware of. So the Pharisees asked him, why walk not thy disciples according to the tradition of the elders, but eat bread with unwashed hands? And Jesus totally rejects the premise of the question. He calls them hypocrites for placing tradition above the word of God. And he said unto them, Full well ye reject the commandment of God, that ye may keep your own tradition. And he calls them out for the Corban tradition. And Corban means gift or offering. And we've talked about that before, in which they can dedicate something to the temple, like give a piece of property to God, in other words, but still retain control over it. So then if the time comes, they might have to sell it to take care of their aging parents. They can claim it doesn't belong to them, even though they're still making money off of it which is a dirty thing to do. It's like, no, I can't take care of you, mom. All my money's tied up in this land deal with the temple. Sorry, you're on your own. And then he just turns his back on the Pharisees and explains to the crowd that dirty hands don't defile you. Neither does eating with dirty hands. Whatever you eat just kind of passes on through. What defiles you spiritually is the evil you have in your heart and the evil stuff you say when what's in your heart comes out. He says all these evil things come from within and defile the man. But we stopped at verse 23.
1: Yeah, with the Pharisees, it's much ado about nothing. Religion can be a heartless approach to
0: life. And then in Psalms, we read Psalm 40, 11 through 17. And that's the second half of this Psalm. And David's begging for mercy. He says, withhold not thou thy tender mercies from me, O Lord, for innumerable evils have compassed me about. And there are a lot of them. Verse 17 says, but I am poor and needy, yet the Lord thinketh upon me. And the way the Barnes commentary describes that is the Lord cares for me. He has not forgotten me. Man forsakes me, but he will not. Man leaves me to poverty and sorrow, but he will not. So remember that when things get tough.
1: Yeah, David's always bringing it to the Lord. Whatever it is, he brings it to the
0: Lord. That's a good place to bring it. Mm. And then in Proverbs, we read Proverbs 10, 13 and 14, which says, In the lips of him that hath understanding, wisdom is found but a rod is for the back of him that is void of understanding. Wise men lay up knowledge, but the mouth of the foolish is near destruction. In other words, life punishes anybody who refuses to learn. Basically, like I always say, pretty much everybody gets exactly what they ask for pretty much most of the time. It's almost never what they want, but it's usually what they ask for.
1: (laughs) Words matter. If our words give life, we are wise and the fool speaks death and wonders why his life is so hard. We will be satisfied by the words of our mouth, with life or with death, and that power is in the tongue. Our Father God created everything with his words, and he breathes life into us.
0: But that's the end of our review of Yesterday's Study. Thanks for your help, babe. Our reading in the Old Testament for February 25th is Leviticus 16.29-18.30. through 18, 30. And this shall be a statute forever unto you, that in the seventh month on the tenth day of the month ye shall afflict your souls, and do no work at all, whether it be one of your own country, or a stranger that sojourneth among you. For on that day shall the priest make an atonement for you, to cleanse you, that ye may be clean from all your sins before the Lord. It shall be a Sabbath of rest unto you, and ye shall afflict your souls by a statute forever. And the priest whom he shall anoint, and whom he shall consecrate to minister in the priest's office in his father's stead, shall make the atonement, and shall put on the linen clothes, even the holy garments. And he shall make an atonement for the holy sanctuary, and he shall make an atonement for the tabernacle of the congregation, and for the altar, and he shall make an atonement for the priests, and for all the people of the congregation. And this shall be an everlasting statute unto you, to make an atonement for the children of Israel for all their sins once a year. And he did as the Lord commanded Moses. Chapter 17. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto Aaron, and unto his sons, and unto all the children of Israel, and say unto them, This is the thing which the Lord hath commanded, saying, What man soever there be of the house of Israel, that killeth an ox, or lamb, or goat, in the camp, or that killeth it out of the camp, and bring it not unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, to offer an offering unto the Lord before the tabernacle of the Lord, blood shall be imputed unto that man. He hath shed blood, and that man shall be cut off from among his people, to the end that the children of Israel may bring their sacrifices which they offer in the open field, even that they may bring them unto the Lord, unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, unto the priest, and offer them for peace offerings unto the Lord. And the priest shall sprinkle the blood upon the altar of the Lord at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, and burn the fat for a sweet savor unto the Lord. And they shall no more offer their sacrifices unto devils, after whom they have gone a-whoring." This shall be a statute forever unto them throughout their generations. And thou shalt say unto them, Whatsoever man there be of the house of Israel, or of the strangers which sojourn among you, that offereth a burnt offering or sacrifice, and bringeth it not unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, to offer it unto the Lord, even that man shall be cut off from among his people. And whatsoever man there be of the house of Israel, or of the strangers that sojourn among you, that eateth any manner of blood, I will even set my face against that soul that eateth blood, and will cut him off from among his people. For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that maketh an atonement for the soul. Therefore I said unto the children of Israel, No soul of you shall eat blood, neither shall any stranger that sojourneth among you eat blood. And whatsoever man there be of the children of Israel, or of the strangers that sojourn among you, which hunteth and catcheth any beast or fowl that may be eaten, he shall even pour out the blood thereof, and cover it with dust. For it is the life of all flesh, the blood of it is for the life thereof. Therefore I said unto the children of Israel, Ye shall eat the blood of no manner of flesh, for the life of all flesh is the blood thereof. Whosoever eateth it shall be cut off. And every soul that eateth that which died of itself, or that which was torn with beasts, Whether it be one of your own country or a stranger, he shall both wash his clothes and bathe himself in water and be unclean until the even. Then shall he be clean. But if he wash them not, nor bathe his flesh, then he shall bear his iniquity. Chapter 18 And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, I am the Lord your God. After the doings of the land of Egypt, wherein ye dwelt, shall ye not do. And after the doings of the land of Canaan, whither I bring you, shall ye not do. Neither shall ye walk in their ordinances. Ye shall do my judgments, and keep mine ordinances, to walk therein. I am the Lord your God. Ye shall therefore keep my statutes and my judgments, which if a man do, he shall live in them. I am the Lord. None of you shall approach to any that is near of kin to him, to uncover their nakedness. I am the Lord. The nakedness of thy father, or the nakedness of thy mother, Shalt thou not uncover? She is thy mother. Thou shalt not uncover her nakedness. The nakedness of thy father's wife shalt thou not uncover? It is thy father's nakedness. The nakedness of thy sister, the daughter of thy father, or the daughter of thy mother, whether she be born at home or born abroad, even their nakedness thou shalt not uncover. The nakedness of thy son's daughter or of thy daughter's daughter, even their nakedness thou shalt not uncover? For theirs is thine own nakedness.' The nakedness of thy father's wife's daughter, begotten of thy father, she is thy sister. Thou shalt not uncover her nakedness. Thou shalt not uncover the nakedness of thy father's sister. She is thy father's near kinswoman. Thou shalt not uncover the nakedness of thy mother's sister, for she is thy mother's near kinswoman. Thou shalt not uncover the nakedness of thy father's brother. Thou shalt not approach to his wife. She is thine aunt. Thou shalt not uncover the nakedness of thy daughter in law. She is thy son's wife. Thou shalt not uncover her nakedness. Thou shalt not uncover the nakedness of thy brother's wife. It is thy brother's nakedness. Thou shalt not uncover the nakedness of a woman and her daughter. Neither shalt thou take her son's daughter or her daughter's daughter to uncover her nakedness. For they are her near kinswomen. It is wickedness. Neither shalt thou take a wife to her sister to vex her, to uncover her nakedness, beside the other in her lifetime. Also thou shalt not approach unto a woman to uncover her nakedness as long as she is put apart for her uncleanness. Moreover, thou shalt not lie carnally with thy neighbor's wife, to defile thyself with her. And thou shalt not let any of thy seed pass through the fire to Molech. Neither shalt thou profane the name of thy God. I am the Lord. Thou shalt not lie with mankind as with womankind. It is abomination. Neither shalt thou lie with any beast to defile thyself therewith. Neither shall any woman stand before a beast to lie down thereto. It is confusion. Defile not yourselves in any of these things, for in all these the nations are defiled which I cast out before you, and the land is defiled. Therefore I do visit the iniquity thereof upon it, and the land itself vomiteth out her inhabitants. Ye shall therefore keep my statutes and my judgments, and shall not commit any of these abominations, neither any of your own nation, nor any stranger that sojourneth among you. For all these abominations have the men of the land done, which were before you, and the land is defiled." That the land spew not you out also, when ye defile it, as it spewed out the nations that were before you. For whosoever shall commit any of these abominations, even the souls that commit them shall be cut off from among their people. Therefore shall ye keep mine ordinance, that ye commit not any one of these abominable customs, which were committed before you, and that ye defile not yourselves therein. I am the Lord your God. And our reading in the New Testament for february twenty fifth is Mark seven hundred twenty four through eight ten. And from thence he arose, and went into the borders of Tyre and Sidon, and entered into an house, and would have no man know it, but he could not be hid. For a certain woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit heard of him, and came and fell at his feet. And the woman was a Greek, a Syro-Phoenician by nation, and she besought him that he would cast forth the devil out of her daughter. But Jesus said unto her, Let the children first be filled, for it is not meat to take the children's bread, and to cast it unto the dogs. And she answered and said unto him, Yes, Lord, yet the dogs under the table eat of the children's crumbs. And he said unto her, For this saying, Go thy way, the devil is gone out of thy daughter. And when she was come to her house, she found the devil gone out, and her daughter laid upon the bed. And again, departing from the coasts of Tyre and Sidon, he came unto the Sea of Galilee, through the midst of the coasts of Decapolis. And they bring unto him one that was deaf and had an impediment in his speech. And they beseech him to put his hand upon him. And he took him aside from the multitude, and put his fingers into his ears, and he spit and touched his tongue. And looking up to heaven, he sighed, and saith unto him, Ephatha, that is, be opened. And straightway his ears were opened, and the string of his tongue was loosed. And he spake plain, and he charged them that they should tell no man. But the more he charged them, so much the more a great deal they published it, and were beyond measure astonished, saying, He hath done all things well. He maketh both the deaf to hear and the dumb to speak. Chapter 8 In those days the multitude, being very great, and having nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples unto him, and saith unto them, I have compassion on the multitude, because they have now been with me three days, and have nothing to eat. And if I send them away fasting to their own houses, they will faint by the way. For divers of them came from far. And his disciples answered him, From whence can a man satisfy these men with bread here in the wilderness? And he asked them, How many loaves have ye? And they said, Seven. And he commanded the people to sit down on the ground. And he took the seven loaves, and gave thanks, and break, and gave to his disciples to set before them. And they did set them before the people. And they had a few small fishes, and he blessed, and commanded to set them also before them. So they did eat, and were filled. And they took up of the broken meat that was left seven baskets. And they that had eaten were about four thousand, and he sent them away. And straightway he entered into a ship with his disciples, and came into the parts of Dalmanutha. And our reading in Psalms for February 25th is Psalm 41, 1-13. through 13. To the Chief Musician, a Psalm of David. Blessed is he that considereth the poor. The Lord will deliver him in time of trouble. The Lord will preserve him and keep him alive. And he shall be blessed upon the earth. And thou wilt not deliver him unto the will of his enemies. The Lord will strengthen him upon the bed of languishing. Thou wilt make all his bed in his sickness. I said, Lord, be merciful unto me. Heal my soul, for I have sinned against thee. Mine enemies speak evil of me. When shall he die, and his name perish? And if he come to see me, he speaketh vanity. His heart gathereth iniquity to itself. When he goeth abroad, he telleth it. All that hate me whisper together against me. Against me do they devise my hurt. An evil disease, say they, cleaveth fast unto him. And now that he lieth, he shall rise up no more. Yea, mine own familiar friend, in whom I trusted, which did eat of my bread, hath lifted up his heel against me. But thou, O Lord, be merciful unto me, and raise me up that I may requite them. By this I know that thou favorest me, because mine enemy doth not triumph over me. And as for me, thou upholdest me in mine integrity, and settest me before thy face for ever. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel from everlasting and to everlasting. Amen and amen. And our reading in Proverbs, for February 25th, is Proverbs 10, 15, and 16. The rich man's wealth is his strong city. The destruction of the poor is their poverty. The labor of the righteous tendeth to life. The fruit of the wicked to sin. And that's it for the 25th. Alright y'all, let's do our 30-second meditation. Today's prayer is about Psalm eleven five. 5 which says, the Lord trieth the righteous, but the wicked and him that loveth violence, his soul hateth. So hit the 30 second back button on your podcast player a few times and meditate with me for a little while on how God works self-respect into us. Cause prayer is the heavy artillery in the armor of God. So if you're ready, let's go. Father God, we have such a natural tendency to judge others or ourselves when we see them or us going through trials. We might believe we deserve it, but the truth might also be that you are only testing the righteous. For we know you don't test our faith so that you'll learn how weak or strong it is, but for us to see how weak or strong it is. You already know, Father, but a tried faith is a refined faith. And we thank you for working in us that self-respect. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, that's all the Bible yalling I got for you tonight. Thank you, Father, for letting us study your word and for the gift of salvation through your son, Jesus Christ. Please bless and keep everybody listening and let this podcast be some kind of help to them. Amen. You can find us on Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon, Google CastBox, and Facebook. If you like Bible Y'all and you want to support it, best thing you can do is to pray for me and Bible Y'all Squaw and all our friends and family. If you got any prayer requests, email them to BibleY'allPodcast at gmail.com. Otherwise, just go on out and try to make the world a better place. And if you can't do that, just try not to make it any worse. Thanks, everybody, and God bless y'all. Hey, Bible, y'all. And straightway, and straightway he entered into a ship with his disciples, and straightway he entered into a ship with his disciples, and came into the parts of Dalmanatha.